You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Breathtaking color, amazing science, astounding special effects, and a studio helping to move from monochrome monster movies to high-concept, thought-provoking science fiction epics. On June 10th, 1955, in New York City, Universal Studios was betting big that audiences were ready for a new kind of film from the studio that had brought them Creature from the Black Lagoon and Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. That film was This Island Earth. I'm Kim Horcher, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for June 10th. In 1952, executives at Universal were looking to cash in on the growing interest in science fiction films like The Day the Earth Stood Still, It Came from Outer Space, and The War of the Worlds. Universal bought the script from Joseph M. Newman, who had bought the rights to a series of short stories originally appearing in serialized form in the pulp magazine Thrilling Wonder Stories by prolific science fiction author Raymond F. Jones. The story was originally one of an alien race, the Metalunans, recruiting a labor force from among the population of Earth to build machines for their ongoing war with another race, the Zagonians. The film simplifies the concept. In the movie, Metaluna is under constant planetary bombardment from their mortal enemy, and they do have a sturdy planetary shield, but the power source is running dry and they need more nuclear material. They send one of their most diplomatic scientists, Exeter, to test Earth scientists and recruit them if they pass in an early version of the Excalibur test used by Centauri in The Last Starfighter by building a complicated device called an interocitor, the main function of which, at least in the film, is as a two-way 3D communication device. In the end, the Earth scientist Cal Meacham is recruited along with his girlfriend, Dr. Ruth Adams, and Exeter takes them to his homeworld aboard his teardrop-shaped saucer, hoping that they can help save his world and seriously dwindling population. Arriving on Metaluna, the humans discover that the planet is doomed, the Metalunans have run out of energy to feed their defense shield, and their race of mutant servitors has become uncontrollable. Exeter saves the pair from an attempt at forced servitude that would be too little too late, and returns them to Earth, ultimately sacrificing himself in the process. The effects, music, and concepts were considered by critics to be groundbreaking at the time, but the film would fail miserably at the box office. While many critics praised This Island Earth's special effects, They looked poorly on the plot, writing, and other elements, leading to a mixed bag of critical reviews. Universal had set out to make a high-concept and thought-provoking film in the vein of The Day the Earth Stood Still, but had ultimately only succeeded in making a Technicolor monster movie, at least in the minds of many moviegoers at the time. This Island Earth holds a very complicated place in science fiction history. On one hand, it is ambitious, beautiful, politically aware of its time, and the most expensive film Universal had made yet. 
On the other, its script was the product of too many rewrites. Its last act is mired in pointless action sequences, and the studio refused to believe that a purely thought-provoking sci-fi space opera would be enough for audiences who had proven that bug-eyed monsters sold tickets. Few sci-fi films from the 1950s generate that kind of mixed feelings and disagreements as this island Earth. At the end of the day, it has survived the test of time, allowing us to continue to have lively discussions about all its aspects on devices that are quite a bit like an interocitor. Hopefully, having live interactive meetings won't also bring us to a fiery end. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for June 10th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.